0: Welcome to We Are DB. I am Brenton, joined as always by Danielle. That's me. Thanks again for joining us this week as we count up the IMDb's best movies of all time and discuss some of the greatest films you mightn't ever have seen. This week, rated as number 42 on the internet movie database by millions of film lovers from around the world is Gladiator. Released in the year 2000, starring Russell Crowe as the lead, Gladiator is a historical action epic set throughout the Roman Empire in the year 180. Based on an original screenplay, loosely inspired by Daniel Mannix's 1958 novel, The Way of the Gladiator, Gladiator is directed by Ridley Scott. So, this movie was kind of a big deal for the first half of the 2000s. It was nominated for... Ten Oscars, and it won five, including Best Actor for Russell Crowe and Best Picture. Mm.
1: I didn't realize it was that old. Um, It's aged really well.
0: I completely disagree. Oh, really? Because I think this movie feels like it's something from the 70s. I don't know what it is about the feel, or the tone, or the way it's cut together, but this seems like an epic from earlier.
1: Do you know what I think it is, part of it, is right from the beginning, they've got these these interesting, almost time lapse landscape scenes that they've put in there.
0: Yeah, and, like the, that's the transition an interesting ones.
1: choice. Yeah, and it's like it's very evident that the frame rate is off because it's a time lapse. And I'm just thinking, you didn't have to put that in there.
0: Yeah, well, the frame rate's all off during the fight scenes and the arena scenes. I think they're doing it on purpose.
1: That I didn't notice as much as these. These transitional landscape scenes. I'm just thinking, like, I don't know. I feel, I feel like they were just a bit too fast. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, why is that there? There's some CG stuff, like cityscapes, that could be better now, probably. Um, yeah. But I don't we'll get think to that, it's that in a second. Bad.
0: I yeah. was just gonna ask, had you seen this before? I didn't even ask.
1: I didn't think I had, but I. This is one of those ones where I'd seen the end of it. I don't know. Right? If it was You'd on seen TV. some of it. You remembered some of yeah. it. Yeah. I'd seen, for sure, the very end. Okay. I knew what happened. And there was things where it's like, quickly figured out what I was watching. I'm like, okay, so how does this happen? Because I know this is going to happen. So it was a different kind of watch. I wasn't going into it fresh. Um, So that kind of, it kind of influenced my, my viewing experience, but not really.
0: It's kind of a little obvious as to what's going to happen, right? You can see it on the poster. It's called Gladiator. You can tell that this guy is going to be a gladiator. That's not a spoiler.
1: That bit, but I'm talking about like some of the more spoilery aspects of this. Like, I already right. knew what happened.
0: So I saw this first when it first came out, and I was really young, and I don't remember a lot of it, but I remember some of the imagery, and I was like, damn, I don't know what's going on, but this is cool. <laughs> like, the, some of the fight scenes.
1: Like what kind of stuff? Like, like the the fight scenes, or
0: yeah, the the tigers in particular. Um, ah, there's a okay. scene towards the end where he stabs the guy in the foot, and it comes blood comes out of his mouth. I remember that from when I was seven. Yeah. Uh, I remember being like, damn, that's cool. Um, so then, like, 15 years later, I said, you know what? I never actually gave Gladiator a real chance. I don't actually know what happens. It got a lot of Oscars, so I tried to watch it again, and I got maybe a third of the way through, and I'm like, this is so boring. I've really? no interest like if we didn't have this podcast I wouldn't have ever watched this again because in my mind I'm like I hate that movie.
1: What did you say this happened how long before Braveheart? Like a
0: thousand years or something? Oh right, yeah this is set a thousand years. Oh uh, it was about 1200 years or so before Braveheart.
1: To me honestly same story different guy different battle.
0: I like Braveheart a lot better.
1: I mean there's evidently like no slavery involvement with William Wallace or whatever. But honestly, like, they, they feel like similar kinds of movies to me. And that's really interesting to me that you found this so boring because I think I know what aspects you're talking about. There's stuff about the... Roman Senate, and there's quite a bit of politics in this.
0: There um, is, yeah. The most interesting parts are obviously the action parts where he's in the arena and the battle scenes. Those are, can be really quite captivating, but I don't like the scenes in between. I find them very, like... It's just a three-hour movie. See,
1: I found it quite... I I liked it. I found it quite engaging all the way through. I didn't find those things to be boring. I found them necessary to kind of flesh out out the story. Um, So that's just interesting to me that you were so turned off by it. Because I'm like, no, I think it was fine. Like, I think they needed that part.
0: Well, considering that I went into this saying, I don't know if you're going to like this. but I was trying to not be biased and just give it a fresh watch. I think this is a purely average movie. A 5 out of 10, like, half of all movies are better and half of all movies are worse. Like, it's it's fine. Um, I wouldn't say it's excellent. I wouldn't say it was...
1: I'd give it a 7.
0: You would? Okay, that's
1: fine. 6.5 to a 7.
0: We don't usually give ratings or numbers or anything, but if I were, it would it would be a 5 out of 10. I think this movie is so obnoxious. It is trying so hard... To get that Oscar, the visions like you were talking about, the interim imagery, the music, the slow motion battle scenes, the cliche lines—like it's trying really hard.
1: See, and this is a really good example of our differing perspectives of why we started this podcast. Because you're saying, "Oh, it's such Oscar bait," uh, and I'm like, "I didn't notice. I just, I just watched the movie because that's kind of what I do," and. Mm. I didn't feel like it was that bad.
0: Well, I'm glad we disagree, because then we can have an interesting discussion.
1: Like, I just, there are things, definitely, like, I know what you're talking about, I just don't agree that they were that obnoxious. I thought it was just doing its thing, because this is one of those movies where I'm like, this would have been a fucking cool movie to be in, because I love those things that are, like, space movies, or historical dramas, because you're all in period clothing and and the sets are built like how cool would it be to be in ancient rome and filming this movie as gladiator yeah. you know what i mean so there's that um
0: well i wonder how much of the actual coliseum that they built as a set like the inside and out and how mm-hmm. much of it was just like cgi because the coliseum i would have loved to have seen that in its day
1: i was saying they must have done a lot of research for this because i was so impressed by the shaders that were on the yeah. top because we've yeah. been there, we've been to the Colosseum, and I don't yeah. remember learning about that. I remember learning about the very complex network of
0: pulleys and and
1: cells and everything. But underneath, underneath yeah, the yeah, it's main really floor, a
0: complicated system that they had underneath there.
1: And you kind of see a little bit of it in Commodus' his model that he's got in his room. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What's currently there is like half of what it used to be. Literally, it's, it's in ruins, obviously. Um, but I've seen imagery and stuff before I went and visited it myself, and I thought that there was more of it. But when you go there, you're like, damn, there was, this thing was massive. Mm-hmm. Um, it is huge. You know what this actually really reminds me of? Is the prequel Star Wars series. That's what it feels like to me with the setting, the sound. Really, There's so much talk about the Senate, you know, there's bad CGI, like those really long, wide crowd shots and the shots of the city, they feel like Attack of the Clones. And I believe there's even like an arena battle in Attack of the Clones, you know?
1: There is an arena Um, scene. Even just the diversity... Of settings that they've got going on, so you've got... The scenes
0: in Africa feel like some of the ones... I don't know, this, this feels like a prequel Star Wars movie to me.
1: I can actually really see why you think that and why you feel that way. Like, there definitely are parallels that can be drawn between these two. Gladiator and Star Wars, because, you know, down to the bare bones of it, there are some very fair elements that are similar. We're talking about the Senate, we're talking about... Um, an empire, we're talking about rebels, you know, if you really want to get down to it, rebel soldiers. Uh,
0: Yeah, I understand that those Star Wars movies are drawing comparison from ancient Greek and Roman mythology and the way that they did things then, but for your movie to feel like a prequel Star Wars is not necessarily a good thing.
1: I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that you can find comparisons between...
0: Okay, that's fine. I can think of like ten reasons why I oh, really? feel like this is attack of the clones
1: i don't I don't think it's a bad thing that we see these comparisons. I just think it's a really interesting point
0: I do like that they showed how big the Roman Empire actually was like it it stretched from Germania to Spain to northern Africa. they go and it they didn't even go all the way to the east. you know the Roman Empire was massive, and I kind of like that they they travel around a lot of the Empire in this, so it, it's kind of interesting to show that. But I think if you want better battle scenes, just watch Braveheart. It's much better. I'd, I'd like Lord of the Rings battle scenes better. Um, it, I, th- like, it was cut together. It was terribly confusing. Like, who am I following? Who's winning? The frame rate and the slow mo was just uh, annoying and obnoxious. I, it was just like cut, 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 cut. And I'm like, why don't my what?
1: And again, <laughs> what I, I felt that this was so easy to follow.
0: Okay, the the battle scenes. That's
1: just yeah, I knew who was doing what.
0: It's fine, but I think there are much better examples.
1: Probably, well, and the thing is that wasn't the main feature of this movie. The army battles... the arena
0: scenes were the main feature.
1: They were the main feature because it's Gladiator, but the the battlefield scenes weren't. They they were necessary for the story development. Not really mm. anything else. To go back to history for a second, which is kind of impossible not to do with this movie, we were talking about... This was a 1,000 years before Braveheart took
0: place. Well, Braveheart, I believe, was in the 1300s. This was set in 180, so it was like... Okay, 1200. so
1: 1,200 years.
0: It's, yeah. We were
1: talking about how interesting is it that things hadn't really changed.
0: Yeah, nothing really significantly progressed until, I guess, the Renaissance.
1: Well, and that's so interesting to me because that led us on that kind of tangential conversation about how... Now we've been in a period of exponential development and exponential technological growth, yeah. development since the industrial, industrial revolution. revolution. I was saying how each generation has technologies that their parents couldn't fathom.
0: Whereas mm, yeah, that was never a thing for thousands of years.
1: For thousands of years everybody's doing exactly the same thing with maybe you you get oh geez we can smelt metal now. That's going to be really useful. Mm. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, in my grandparents' generation, they put a man on the moon, and in ours, we're putting a colony on Mars. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... it's, it's.
0: I think it's amazing that, like, in a single person's life, we had never flown, and we had the first aircraft, and then later on, we landed a man on the moon in a single person's life.
1: Yes. And that's not even talking about computers. Yeah, that's just...
0: It was so unfathomable to fly, and then we landed a man on the moon in the same century.
1: So I just think it's it's crazy to think about... What (laughs) was your point? I just think it's crazy to think about how different the world is now, whereas for thousands of years, it literally didn't change. And what a strange, strange thought that was, is to know that your life is the same as your parents, as your grandparents, as your great-grandparents, and everything that you've experienced has really been very similar. That's a strange thing to think about as someone in in the contemporary world. Yes. And this kind of brought up that conversation for us. I was trying to figure out and remember when did I don't know if this is necessary um you can tell me when catholicism developed, roman catholicism because in this movie at this time they're still worshiping the pantheon of gods that becomes fairly evident. Yeah, it is. Throughout. So Well, I, don't I know. think
0: that they still had the roman mythology Until they adopted Christianity. And you're asking, when did they adopt Christianity? Yeah. I thought it was Emperor Constantine. And when was he? He was towards the end of the empire. I don't remember.
1: But much later.
0: 270-ish. Okay. So like 100 years later, I think he was. Yeah. And I think he spread the empire more to the east. He was towards the end. I don't know. I'm not a historian. That was just what I thought. Whatever. It's fine. Um what a guess what Emperor Constantine was born in two seven two wow, so he didn't rule in two seven two but uh he was the Roman Empire from three o six to three thirty seven
1: and was he the one who introduced Catholicism to the Romans uh
0: Constantine was also the first empire to adhere to Christianity. He issued an there you go. what a guess good job so we've <laughs> we've spoken about the movie and history for some reason uh quite around it so let's get into spoilers and start to talk about the actual characters and what happens in the movie Mm -hmm. so one of the main threads of this story is how Marcus Aurelius the emperor technically gives power over to Maximus Russell Crowe's character on his deathbed but no one hears it
1: yeah who by the way is the general of the Roman army
0: yeah he's done very well serving rome so he's given his power over and said my son is not fit to be the emperor you can have it and then joaquin phoenix's character his son son? smothers him to death and you know the story progresses from there basically Mm -hmm. my question is is the emperor even allowed to do that like how do you forget royalty and just appoint it to anyone like, I know that the Emperor's orders are, like, were the final say, but isn't that tradition? Like, you go to the next heir, you can't just I appoint that- it to your second in charge, or whoever you want.
1: I honestly think that strict adherence to tradition is something that came about much later. So, okay. like, you see, and I'm talking about monarchies the world over, you see it with kind of the royal family, now even, and how we're just starting to have changes Two centuries-old rules. Um, But back then, they were kind of ping-ponging between, you know, Rome was a republic, and then it was an empire, and then it's a republic again. So the emperor, being the most powerful person, kind of gets to decide... Everything. Yeah, what happens, and what he says goes, you know?
0: Well, the fact that they were assuming that Joaquin's nephew, Lucius, Mm -hmm. he would... Just, he's going to be the new emperor. You know, that's just an assumption. Mm -hmm. But, so that makes you think that there's a tradition set up there, making that assumption that he's going to be emperor because he's next in line. Mm -hmm. What if the current emperor, Commodus, what -hmm. if he just picks it to whoever he wants? What if he picks his general, you know? The fact that they're making this assumption that a, Commodus was going to be the next emperor, and B, Lucius is going to be the next emperor after him, makes me think that there is this tradition there. And it just confused me because I'm like, I didn't know that you could do that.
1: I think I think there is. I think that's how it goes unless the emperor decrees otherwise.
0: Right. Oh, okay. All right. I just think that the Emperor was really dumb for not declaring it publicly or having witnesses or putting it in writing. Like, the only people he told was A, Maximus, and B, the next person who is in line, of course he's going to try and kill you. Like, that's... Duh. I don't know. You didn't think that that was was, obvious, that Commodus was going to try and kill him if he's the next in line and he doesn't get the power?
1: Here's what I think. He was going to announce it publicly. That was always the plan. Mm -hmm. Um... He was going to follow due process and do it he was trying to do the honorable and polite thing by telling his son first and his son's a bit of a unstable person which is
0: why i wouldn't have done that i would have let him know when the world yeah. does you know
1: i'm thinking with you yeah like you should know your son better but also he straight up said your shortcomings as a son are my failures as a father i don't think marcus aurelius really knew his son right you know what so I mean? So he made the assumption so,
0: that he would just take it in stride. I guess so. That's a bad assumption. I didn't realize that Caesar meant emperor, because they kept calling each other the Me Caesars. Me neither. I th- this is the only place I've ever heard of that. Um, I thought Caesar just meant, you know, Julius Caesar. Yeah. I didn't think that it was a term used for emperor for the next few centuries.
1: Me neither. I didn't know. I would like to talk about Commodus for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. We talked about, I think Joaquin Phoenix was a good casting for him. I do like him. We were also talking about, like, he was carrying more weight in his face with this role. Yeah. And it just made him look snivelly, which was a good thing (laughs) um, for this character.
0: This was his first Oscar nomination out of four.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Well, there you go. I think he played it very well. As a character, Commodus is so starved for affection. I don't know why. But that just, it comes out across the board for why he acts so erratically and weirdly. Like, he is full-on in love with his sister.
0: Which I didn't like that they added that in there. It's like, you couldn't make this villain any more unlikable. Oh, let's make him incestuous. That'll make the audience hate him more. Like It just felt like there was an added trait in there to make him seem even more villainous.
1: See, I feel like it fit with his M.O.
0: Okay, why is that?
1: Just because, like, so...
0: Because he's trying to have control over everything.
1: Yeah, he wasn't loved by his dad, and so his whole thing, like, they're talking about, he's obsessed, he's obsessed with these games, because his whole purpose is to make the people love him. That's what he said over and over again, Mm. he's so... Everything is about being loved, because he's never felt loved... And any love that he has, the only love that he has in his life is from his sister. And so because he can't have it in any other way, he's going to get all of his needs met by this one person who actually cares about
0: him. I didn't think that she did care about him. I felt like she was a prisoner in her own house. Because she said that as well. She said that before they got into that situation. It was at the beginning no, of the No, I know.
1: Movie. But I think at one point she did care about her brother. And okay. She just latched on to that. You know what I mean? Um now he's been nuts yeah yeah and
0: i like how everything that maximus does it was to piss him off and to take power away from him
1: and every move commodus makes just undermines him even more like he undermines himself again and again
0: commodus undermines himself
1: yes he can't do anything right because everything he does he he so underestimates maximus yeah he's like I'll kill you this way. And it's like, no, that didn't work. Okay, I'll kill you this other way. And it didn't work. He's like, why won't you die? Yeah.
0: And he can't do it not publicly. Like, really.
1: Well, he could have, but, like... Well... I think, again, that's part of...
0: He would seem like Commodus the Unmerciful. And everyone loved Maximus because he's an entertainer.
1: Yeah, but you could say, oh, it was an accident. There was a drunken brawl. You know what I I mean? I guess, yeah. And he died in the night. But... I think it's part of his vengefulness that he just, he really wants to humiliate him.
0: Mm, Publicly.
1: In death, yeah. And it's like, it just doesn't work. Yeah, that didn't really work out for him. To go straight into spoilers with the end fight scene between the two of them. I just think, you cocky little prick. You've, You've never seen battle ever, and you're going against Rome's greatest general, and you really think it's going to work for you. Really?
0: Well, we were even saying he fights like his personality. It's all show. It's a lot of, like, fanciness. And he was a lot more offense than defense. Like, he was putting too much into it, and it's just, like, very much sums up his character just in watching the way he approaches that battle. Well,
1: and this is why he ultimately lost and died. Yeah. Even though he cheated. I'm just like, you're such a... You're so stupid. Like, he just... He wasn't smart, and this is why he was never supposed to be emperor, because he wasn't smart enough. He didn't care enough. He was too preoccupied with his image than with the needs of the people. He didn't care. And Marcus Aurelius knew that, which is why he was trying to avoid having him be emperor in the first place. Snivelly little bitch. That's all I have to say. To talk about gladiators for a minute the whole idea of the Colosseum, like the coliseum was made for gladiators wasn't it yeah this is such a strange concept in our modern world because not only was death so much more visible at that time but it was almost celebrated it was used as amusement and that just seems so strange don't you agree
0: Yeah, it does. It's a a different time. And we first spoke about this on the Good, the Bad and the Ugly movie episode that we did on episode 9. Because we were talking about how even in cowboy western times, a long time after this movie set, even then they still didn't really care for life because they were dueling as an entertainment, Mm -hmm. right? You're still killing each other for entertainment nearly 2,000 years after that movie was set. Like, that's what they did. Look at the medieval times. They were jousting. A lot of people got their heads knocked off doing that. Um, it's just a different time. They, they, people have come to value death only in the last century, which is really surprising because that's really not a very long time.
1: I was going to say, when was the shift? What What marked the shift? I've watched videos about this, about how, like, the profession of a mortician came about, whereas yeah. people used to deal with bodies themselves. They did. People used like to deal that. with bodies
0: themselves. They used to dig their own graves and and hire someone to do the tombstone. Like, it was a very personable process Um, around the end of the 1800s, I guess it was, mm. in the turn of the century. Um, So it's, it's very unusual for a person to see death in their lifetime at all, or a dead person. Now. Yeah, it is. It's kind of very unnatural
1: and i i don't know if i've ever spoken about this on the podcast before but you know this about me i think not that i'm saying we should all go around knocking each other's heads off and and <laughs> killing people <laughs> I think for that's sport what you're um but that i think there really should be a move kind of back towards death not being so foreign in society
0: mm, but i don't know how you're going people... to do that without you know bringing back gladiators
1: there there's actually some no 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 i mean death not being so foreign in society so people dealing with things more themselves and there is a move towards that there's different funerary services that can do that now I I just think it's good for us as humans to interact with it.
0: It might be but I think it's counterproductive like there's a reason why the more progressive society is the one not dealing with it and leaving it to professionals and we have a lot less disease because of it I think that would be difficult that's all.
1: Yeah
0: I see what you're saying. The idea of a Colosseum yeah. is kind of very foreign to us, but it was very normal Isn't for a very long time. Isn't it just I like the idea of all the the foreign animals and stuff that they had to fight. Like, that's... I would have loved to have seen it in its heyday, just to see what they actually did and how it worked.
1: Yeah, you can keep it. Um, <laughs> uh, Just think about... We, we learned about when, when we went to Rome. When the Colosseum opened, they had long like a long period of games like this. So in the movie to to honor the emperor's death Marcus Aurelius, they had 150 days of games. Now, when the Colosseum opened, they had some some enormous length of time like that in which I think they said 2000 men and 5000 animals died as Over part how of long? these games. A period of, I think it was like 150 days or something similar like that. Right. It was just like this, and I feel like those numbers are wrong. It was, it was mind boggling. Just to think, like that. Like I just think, what a waste <laughs> for yeah. entertainment. Yeah. Um.
0: Hey, people. People paid their money. It was a big trade.
1: But these are things like tigers and bears and lions that they would have had to bring from far away. It was just, yeah.
0: Well, I actually think it's interesting that the Colosseum was overgrown and in ruins up until about the mid-1800s, which is very recent, and in order to preserve the building, they had to remove all these plants and trees that were growing all over it, and it was interesting that when they studied these plants, they're like, yeah, these have only been found in northern Africa, but they came over inside the bellies of the animals that they brought over, and it was really interesting. That's
1: super interesting. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Anyway.
1: I wonder. I wonder where they disposed of all of those animals too. Because oh, some no. of those, some of those plants, it makes sense they would have got there. Like you're cutting up a cat, things are going to fall out of it. But not necessarily that they would have buried those animals there. So it's just interesting that that many plants managed to.
0: Well, they were doing it over centuries.
1: Stay on site. Yeah, I guess so.
0: Um, back to the movie. Uh. There was one thing that Commodus says towards the end here when he first finds out that Maximus is alive again. Mm. He says, they lied to me in Germania and told me that he was dead. And they try to explain that a little bit by showing the two guys that came back and how they lied to him and they were sentenced to death. But that still makes no sense to me. Like, So you, you sentence Maximus to death. You yep. send four guys with him. He kills yep. two of them and runs off on a horse, right?
1: He killed them all.
0: No, the other two scouts were a little bit up the hill, right?
1: No, he killed four people. There was two guys on horses, and there was like three guys who were with him who were going to cut his head off.
0: All like right, that. well, who and who he, were the two guys who got sentenced to death with the archers?
1: So what happened was Maximus killed everybody there. And well, I
0: remember seeing them.
1: They would have been like, well... Where are these people? They haven't come back yet. So they would have sent other scouts out to see what happened. And when they arrived there, they thought it was a barbarian raid. Even though said. Maximus's
0: body was nowhere to be found.
1: Maybe they were supposed to bury him. He was a general, after all.
0: Well, they weren't going to give him a general's death, like a soldier's death. They were gonna. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't think that they had much respect for him. So for that. Like, for Citus, why did he sentence him to death? There was no reason for it. He didn't do anything wrong. He was the general. Yes, I understand... Who's
1: Commodus? Because he's a snivelly little bitch.
0: I get it. He's a snivelly little bastard. But I understand that Commodus knows that Maximus is the only other person who the Emperor had given him the power to. But no one had heard that. It was his word against Maximus. So there was no reason to sentence him to death. Everyone mm-hmm. else knows... Oh... I'm just being told by the new emperor to send sentence the general to death. There was, there was He did nothing wrong.
1: Yeah. Well, so, this is what brought up that conversation about this blind obedience that you see throughout the movie yeah. from the army. Um, and I think they honestly, Quintus, the new general, says at one point, he says, I'm just a soldier, I just follow orders. Yeah. He said it's nothing personal.
0: So even though he didn't um, do anything wrong, it's fine to just go kill him.
1: I guess so right. at that time it's the emperor you do what the emperor says okay so let's you know? say that the
0: emperor thinks now that Maximus is dead for some reason that it wasn't reported back to him that he didn't they didn't find the body or didn't kill him why did they go all the way to Spain to burn down his farm and crucify his family I thought they did that because they knew that Maximus was still alive and this is where he would be going so fuck you you survived I'm gonna go kill your family but they didn't know
1: what happened was that it was always the plan to kill him and his family because he said he said something like you'll meet your family in heaven or something like that he's like or no they'll join you in death is what they said so
0: commodus is trying to punish not only maximus but his family because his father liked him more than him yeah that doesn't make any sense unstable that's a lot of work to send your men all the way over to Spain to kill someone's family who you think is already dead just because of something that your dying father had said to him in private, even though it's your word versus Maximus. It means nothing. Just, just you know, fuck him off. You don't have to do any of that. None of that makes sense to me. It's extraneous work.
1: I don't think it's supposed to, and that's kind of the point. It kind of just shows that why Commodus was not fit to be an emperor because he was too impulsive and he was too irrational, and he was too emotional he's very
0: emotional yeah
1: um and you can't have those things you know he and like he says about the four virtues he wasn't wise he wasn't smart even he's not an intelligent person he wasn't just he wasn't strong, and what was that last one
0: i don't remember
1: i don't remember he didn't have any of the qualities that you'd need
0: yeah but I think history shows that people who don't have those qualities still get to be in power because of their bloodline, so, mm. I don't know, none of that made any sense and i I felt like the movie was like, I don't think about it, you know, just just ignore it, just accept it, and I hate that just because yeah. I can see the flaws in your movie doesn't mean I can just like turn a blind eye. um Is there any other main points that you wanted to say?
1: Oh. The only other question I have is, was this a real story based on true events?
0: Um, well, the characters of Marcus Aurelius and Commodus were real people. They were obviously mm-hmm. emperors. Uh, and the rest of that was just made up. Okay. So I wonder if you're like a historian who watches this and you're like, man, you're defaming like the name of Commodus because he was a- actually a good emperor or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But they're making this guy out to be a villain when all of that was just made up. At that point, just make up a name for a a false emperor who lived in this period or whatever instead of like taking people because it makes people think, oh, this is what that emperor was actually like, you know?
1: Yeah, people people take movies as history.
0: If you're going to fictionalize everything else, you may as well fictionalize his name.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. I don't think that there was a Maximus General. Well there you go. This was kind of like Russell Crowe's big break. Really? He had done a fair bit before in the 90s but like this was where he became like a household name. And the very next year in A Beautiful Mind he also won the Oscar. So he won best actor 2 years in a row.
1: That's and a then, big
0: deal. Yeah, and all of a sudden he's like he's you know Russell Crowe and then um, one of his best movies, I think, is Cinderella Man from 2005. So, over a period of, like, five years, he was just, like...
1: I'm hitting fired. home runs, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, even though I went into this not enjoying it, I think it's fine. It's perfectly fine. It's, I think it's average to me. Uh, and But you enjoyed it, didn't you?
1: I did. I did. Particularly, I think part of it was because I had seen the end of it before and so i'm like how do we get here so maybe it was more engaging for me because of that because i knew what happened Mm. um so i'll put that there it is entertaining to watch you know it's colorful and it's um
0: i think it was mainly just the arena scenes for me
1: yeah it's it's different it's different than what you'd normally see we don't have a ton of gladiator movies getting around so it was they, they did a good job of making it feel Historic and realistic, and all of those other things. Yep. So, yeah, it was good. I liked it.
0: We have been Danielle and Brenton this week. Thanks for joining us feel free to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts check us out on all the socials we're most active on instagram you can follow us on facebook comment on soundcloud or youtube or support us on patreon we've got every episode uncut and edited as well as bonus episodes every month polls voting on what you want to hear all the extra content is unlocked and free to everyone patreon's just our platform for that content over at we are db on patreon and until next week thanks for listening Dun dun dun.